what I've learned is that so much stuff is not about us. And I think as Americans sometimes, and as artists and creators, they, we are all naturally narcissists. What certain levels happen, you know what I mean? Some of us a little more than others. But everything is not about you. Like it's not, let it go. Hey everyone, my name is Kosh and I am the host of this podcast called The Creative Breakthrough. This podcast was created to give artists the codes to build audiences, cash flow, make a living doing what they love. Ultimately, I want to eliminate the starving artists. Today's episode, we have this beautiful brown-skinned man named Langston Blue. <laughs> How do you feel, Langston Blue? I feel great, my bad. I just zoned out because I put my phone on do not disturb, so nobody called me. And it's, it it's okay, it's okay. You're, you're prepared. You're, unlike most people, they're not prepared. So <laughs> thank you like, for oh, being prepared. Somebody's gonna call and then it's gonna jack this whole thing up. I'm feeling good. It's um, a pleasure talking to you because you always brighten my spirit. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate that. Thank you for being here. I'm grateful to be talking to you. I think it's going to be a fun time. So I want to first start to understand, like, what is, where does Langston Blue come from? The name or the music? <laughs> both. Or both. But the okay. name first, right? Because it's the name. Yeah. Okay. So originally I was going, so my full name anybody's watching is Donovan Langston Rimsey and I was professionally going by Van for a while a lot of people know me as Van V-A-N-N I went on this raggedy reality show and I was embarrassed and got sent home and I was like I don't want to do music anymore etc and then I couldn't step away from music forever so I kind of was like I need to reinvent myself and I write I've always been a writer my middle name was named after Langston Hughes. So I was like, what better way to reinvent myself than to go by Langston and then blue. Blue has been my favorite color for a while. And it just kind of like made sense. So that's how the name came about. But then music, the background behind that, I grew up in musical theater, in glee club, one of those kids, classically trained. And then when it came to the point of college, I wanted to be in the music business. So I kind of got into the business of songwriting and things like that. And I realized that I was more into commercial music. Never really thought I was going to be an artist. I really wanted to be like the next Diddy. I wanted to be a fly, A&R, music biz type guy, go to Soho House, drink, eat sushi, <laughs> and listen to records and go to parties. But then out of the kind of nowhere, I kind of just started getting more interested in being an artist. And it just kind of took over. And luckily it did. And like the bug bit me and it's been stuck. Because I think I just got so caught up in insecurities of like what an R&B artist looked like, what an R&B artist was supposed to be. I didn't feel like I kind of scratched off those boxes. So, yeah, but now we're here. It's lit. Yeah, I definitely don't want to discount anything you said about your career because I think it's really important. However, I do want to like come back to something you said about being on a raggedy reality show. So <laughs> what is this reality show? Can okay. you tell me more about this? So I was on this reality show called BET's Next Big Thing. Okay. And once we're meeting, met this lady. She was like, oh, I'm doing a show. You should audition for it. I ran the audition. It was virtual, virtual audition. They dragged out the process on if who made the show, if I made the show. I told them, like, even in my introduction to you just now, there's no crazy story, really. I didn't live in a truck or a car. Like, I didn't do anything. I wasn't homeless. I came from a two-parent household, like, of college educated. So I didn't have any of that. And I told the casting people that initially, but they really enjoyed 
this personality. So then literally two days before they started filming, they were like, yeah, we need to get you on a flight to be on the show. So I passed the background check. I didn't even give my job any warning because I didn't know I was going to be on the show. And they flew me Spirit. <laughs> and if you've never flown Spirit, there's no like on-flight entertainment. There's or... nothing. Is yeah, there but... even seat belts? That's the real question. Yeah. There was no snacks. And my phone, because there's no Wi-Fi, my phone never like updated with the time zone. So I'm really just on this minivan of a flight not knowing what time it is, how much longer I have, et cetera. But yeah, I get on the show. I met some a lot of good friends on the show, people that I'm going to cherish forever. I got to meet Duran Bernard. So it was a really good opportunity, and I, it was a big learning thing. I could always say I was on a reality show. So when we played Never Have I Ever, like I got that in the bag. <laughs> and it just really kind of opened my eyes. You do a lot of film and stuff like that. I don't know if you ever worked on a reality show. How much, like people, I know reality shows are fake, but how fake the reality show was. It was like, we had to wear the same clothes like three days in a row to make yeah. it seem like it was the same day. Right. And I was like, oh really? So I ended up getting eliminated and I think it might have been the best thing that ever happened to me. I looked at it then, like I was super depressed. I was like, uh, no one ever talks to me. Don't ever ask me about this show ever again. But when was this? How old were you? Like what year was this? This was maybe, this was right before the pandemic. So like 2019. We filmed in 2018. It was supposed to come out right after the new edition movie. Like, it was supposed to premiere. Luckily, I don't know what happened, but that didn't happen. And that was in October of, like, 2018. The show didn't actually end up airing until 2019 fall. So by then, I was just like, it is what it is. Nobody I know has ever watched this damn show. Nobody I know has ever heard of this show. How Dame many Dash. seasons? Dame, it was one season. Yeah, Dame okay. Dash was, Dame Dash was a judge on the show. Zaytoven was a judge on the show. You Ever filmed heard? it where? In LA. Oh, wow. Okay. And even that, like, it was in, like, a studio. But when they showed the show, it made it seem like we were in this big mansion. Yeah, it sounds like a show. And I could always say I did it. It was fun. Would I ever do reality TV again? Probably yes. But <laughs> I, I do something that was more, less competition-based and more, like, documentary style. I don't want to get no drinks thrown on me or chairs right. or nothing like that. But I definitely would do it at the show. So... So would you say that that was your first creative breakthrough? That was my first creative breakdown. The breakthrough happened. I don't even know, like, how I was so, like, down and out. I felt like so much of my identity was built on being an artist. And I felt like the reason why I moved to Atlanta was that, like, you know, I'm an outside-ass person. Very like, outside. I wasn't going to parties. I wasn't taking advantage of the open bars. Because I didn't want people to ask me how music was going. Like, because I, I didn't know. So I really kind of just kind of disappeared for a minute. And I was just like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I'm like, what, what is this music stuff? I don't want to do it. I don't like answering people's questions. What's next? How'd the show go? Like, I'm still here. So obviously, I did my famous. I'm not on the Breakfast Club. So it's still in motion, I guess. But yeah, I think it, what really happened is I start, stopped feeling bad for myself. The show finally airing allowed me to kind of bury that chapter. When I saw the ads and stuff like that, like I was tossing and turning, like I could not sleep. I was like, "Oh my god, this show finally got a budget and a green lit. It's not going to be on BET Plus. It's going to actually come on TV." Like so, once that scariness was done, and like I was like, "It wasn't that bad." I was able to finally bury it, and I was like, "Okay, time to stop playing games. Let's get back into this and do what we're supposed to do and what we put on this earth to do." 
So I kind of I knew that if I came back out with music, I want to do it in a better way than I ever did before. I want the visuals to look great. I want the song to be great. I want to have some kind of rollout, new name, new sound, newfound confidence, and that's when the breakthrough really happened. And this was what year? This was 2019, fall of 2019, okay. right before this everything closed down. <laughs> and then what did what did that look like? Like from a because you made a decision. That's what you mm-hmm. did. It was. Yeah. It was like, yeah, I buried this, but you made a decision to do that. So yeah. when you made that decision, what did it, what happened after you made that decision? Well, when I made that decision, I kind of had to like dead a lot of ties with old people mm-hmm. I worked with or old people I expected things from. Like, so when the record first came out, like I blind item sent it. No one knew that van was Langston Blue. There was no social media stuff up. I was just sending the record out to my people at my PRO, at DSPs, et cetera, and just wanted like honest opinions. So it looked like a lot of just depending on myself and like detachment and detaching my new self from my old self. And um, seeing, making sure the music stood alone without the name being attached to it. And it was hard because I was just like, I used to dropping a song and getting support from blogs and getting support because I built those relationships as Van. And this go around when it first started, it was slow. It was crickets, but slow and steady definitely wins the race, I think at times. And when I started getting back into who I was and going outside and remembering that like, it's not the name, it's not the, the, the song, it's me. It's in me to be this person, it's in me to make these things happen. And if, you, if I can't depend on nobody else, I can depend on myself. Yeah, no, that's great, man. That's a that's an amazing point to make. I encourage people to like get back to that place. I think it's important. Like, you don't have to, but I think it's important to to rely on yourself more than relying on anybody else. Because when you're like, when things happen with yourself, you can pick up the pieces, and you have only you to blame. The yeah. what if, what if I did this, what if I do that, is going to linger regardless. But yeah. when you put that control in people's hands, what if they would did that? Why they do it like that? Well, what do they mean by this? It, it creates a little bit more flexibility. Of, exactly. So if I depend on me, I'm, if, 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 can we cuss on here? Yeah, come on. Yeah, if I depend on me, it fucks up. I'm the fuck up. Like, and I've got to figure out yeah. how to fix the fuck up. I don't like having to, you know, you fucked up and now I'm down and I'm in a bad mood and I'm sad right. and I'm spiraling because of a fuck up that I could have prevented if I would have just depended on myself. Anybody else coming in the game, helping me or doing anything like that, like, I'm happy for the help. I'm happy for the assistance. But if that assistance or help is gone and I got to pick up the pieces, I got to be able to rely on myself. Yeah, understood. Definitely. I also think that when it comes to, like, trying new things, you can have a lot of the answers. You can have a good strategy, but you're never going to know everything. You're just not. Like, you're never going to know how people respond to things. You never know what it's going to do. And sometimes that's to your benefit. Like sometimes you put out a piece of content, not you specifically, but artists, right? And you put out a piece of content or you put out a new record and you think like, I don't know if this is going to do anything and it goes crazy. So, so yeah, I think you have a good kind of like foundation to fall back on in the event that it doesn't work the way you want it to. But then we also have to think about what if it does? And I think so many of us are focused on what if it doesn't. And so I just try to be present in my life for really small things like 
oh, I have to pay this bill, but I really don't want to spend this money, but at least I have the money that I can pay this bill and not be like stuck where I don't have the money. Okay, so then, so talk more about that. So like, what did you fail at as you built Langston Blue? So let's see, a lot of things. I failed. Well, give us all of them. Like, I, I think I failed at one, the, I started off trying to be cheap. And I think at times when you cut corners, you end up, those corners end up found somewhere else. And I think a lot of it was like really making the money and effort match the time I, I put into something. So, so break that down. Like basically like, yo, you have a song and you spend money on the song. You know what I mean? You got to give some money to the, make the art happen. You got to give some money to the visuals. Like, and like, I know Drake, just slaps artwork out and people think they can do the same thing but like for us on the smaller scale artwork is sometimes the first way people see you and decide if they want to press play or not so you i really had to like okay we can't just throw some shit together let's plan a shoot let's get some creative direction let's do a mood board yeah that takes more time but the output is much better not cutting the corners actually helped with that so having to actually throw the bread up was the hardest thing like stop being cheap like, I keep telling myself, like, stop being cheap. And then you do something, for instance, like you said, we don't know what's going to stick, what's going to land. None of us know. And I'm, like, confident in saying that none of us, it's like the wild, wild west with this digital content shit. Yeah. We never know what's going to land. I've spent, like, let's say, a bunch of money. I Like, when I did Slow Down, for instance, I was, here's a cool, quick one to talk about. I was so excited for the song. It was my first song after I left left the pandemic we rented out a racetrack to do the, the uh, promo shoot what did that cost it cost about a couple thousand dollars yeah and i thought in my head i was like yeah this is elevated we're not being cheap we elevating this shit like, like my first single we, we shot in the backyard we rented out the kingsport speedway etc and i'm thinking like yeah this is going to eat like everybody's gonna fuck with this and i love the song and when the song came out it was like, where is the, the adoration? Where is the plate? Do you see how we fucking leveled up? Like, do y'all not see this? And it took a couple of weeks, but just because something doesn't stick right then and there, does not mean it's not gonna stick. That's like, yo, that's a great point. Well, can I can I just interject yeah. for a second? I see that all the time with reels or TikToks. Like you might post it and like it gets no engagement for like twenty four hours, mm -hmm. and then the next day it goes nuts. Exactly. So and yeah, keep going. It's gonna happen regardless. Like recently, like I have two pieces of content I put up recently. Okay, one piece of content costs some money. Okay, what's some money? I like to get real specific. Okay, this 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 one was a, a good old homie discount. It might have cost like five hundred altogether. Okay, so it's still some money though. Yeah, it's still some money. Because okay. I still got rent and bills and shit. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Right. Like five hundred dollars <laughs> is not a, a little bit of money at all. It's a, it's a little bit in the scheme of things, but. Like, so what you call it? So that piece, 600 views. I'm like, this shit is fire. Like, what? The random shit I shoot in the car, 2,000 views in like two hours. And I'm just like, how the fuck does like this add, add up? And I'm going to speak like in real time. I, right now, I'm asking all the time. I dropped a single called The Motions. Shameless plug. I don't know if this is me speeding up the process, but it's outside ASB. I made Side A originally as a standalone song. Mm. I wrote it, I recorded it, recorded three times, had background vocals, edited, etc. So I came across another track and 
I made the motions, the B-side. As just an add-on, I recorded like an hour, okay? Side A is the focus track. Side B is the add-on. Side B is currently number six on Apple Music's Brown Sugar playlist. And I'm like, that's not how this was supposed to go. So when you put art and content into the world, you kind of relinquish all control. You have to. You don't know if it's going to be, that's going to be a thing that makes you viral. Yeah, I understand. We, we relinquish all control once we put some digital content out, whether it's music, any kind of art. Like, we don't know if somebody's going to remix it and it's going to go viral. We don't know if Rihanna's going to repost it and it goes viral. Right. Like, so giving up that kind of control is super hard, especially for me. I'm a control freak. So, like, this is, I'm a planner. I'm a scheduler. I'm a budgeter. So when things don't go to code, like, I would get freaked out. But, like, now I know, like, once you press that post button, once you press that upload, like, it is no longer yours. It is the world's. And you got to kind of be ready. Also, be ready to follow up. with I think a lot of pe people don't take advantage of when the shit does hit. Yeah. They don't have the infrastructure and, and the follow-up content ready right. for that. Yeah, or even, like, the merch or, like, yeah. anything to actually help you benefit yourself off of the attention. But another thing I will say, it isn't yours, but it is. Yeah. Because it, the way that it is is it, you still want to make sure you're giving people accurate representation of you so that you don't become... I don't know, like an artist that puts a song out and now you're only known for that song. Yeah. Right. And you're just, now you're just that artist. You're just the artist who did Old Town Road, even though mm -hmm. he didn't do that. But yeah. I'm just saying like, you're just well, that. And I, and I like, I, I love that. But sometimes I'm like, would you rather have had one or none? No, I mean, that's fair. Like, yeah. I, I, I'm totally on board with that. But it's like, it's like, be true to you is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, be true to you because you can't control the reaction, but you can yeah. control what you want to put out. The same way you said, hey, I put out an A side and I put out a throwaway and the throwaway is going nuts. It's like, but that's still you. Yeah. And I will say, I think a transparency moment, the song I put out before, The Motions, I put out a song of Superstar, one you used for, for the promotion mm -hmm. for this. Yeah, fire, it's fire. Thank you, but that's a song that like I kind of like am embarrassed that's out. Mm. Like I made it as a way, like okay, this is what the kids like. This is TikToky, like you know what I mean. This is what was moving. Now, like I'm happy because it showed me, like as a writer, that I could write a lot of different things. But like the artistic aspect of me, it's just like. Ugh. But that was the purpose of the song. It was to show you that yeah you can write certain things. Even though like, you're thinking like, oh, it has to be this Picasso painting and it yeah. has to be in. And it's like, no, it doesn't. Like, And this is the thing that like I really stand on this. This is one like principle that I really stand on. I really believe most people don't have taste. And so as an artist, as a true artist, that's what you do have. And... When you put things out, it's just like, yo, let me put it out and put as much taste into it as possible without like being a perfectionist because that's not even real. Yeah. And then and then people will just eat it up or they won't. Like they're not gonna know because they don't know. Yeah. And I'm learning, speaking of the taste thing, some people have to be told what to like. Yeah, facts. Most, I would yeah. say. But that's facts. because you don't have taste. To yeah. Know. So I'm like, yeah, because if you didn't hear the song, like the song, but then 
Kanye samples the song, writes the song, and then it's like now you love the song. Because it's just you're just on a certain platform with a certain amount of people. Uh, there's this skit on this album, and it's like everybody's saying it's a classic. It's got to be a classic, and they're like, "Nah, that shit's trash." Nah. And they're like, "No, but it's a classic though." They saying it's a classic. It's like no, it's just because everybody's saying it's something. One so you gotta, pressure. yeah, you gotta for, you gotta form your own opinions. But I think most people operate in groupthink, and so you have to kind of find the balance between being yourself and giving people what they want, right? Even if yeah. they don't necessarily know exactly what that is. So I think, how do you find that? It's like familiarity. Yeah. That's really, that's why when in music, you see so many like kind of carbon copies of the same artist or the same sound because people are familiar with that sound. So it's easy for them to gravitate towards a sound they're already familiar with. Okay, so you failed at... So, no, I, I failed because I built. I had so much anticipation, expectation for one oh, way to okay. go, and I I invested too much into an outcome that didn't exist. Yeah, and well, I it got, existed to you, but it didn't yeah, exist once it released. No one else knew. Like no one else knows the objective, what the goals are, and right. like you know that uh, meme was like, no one's gonna know. Everybody, yeah, and I'm like, no, everybody knows. So like you do something, you feel like everybody knows your intention or what the goals are, and then when you don't meet, and sometimes it's it's private failures that yeah. like I failed to me like to me that was not good to me that wasn't well to me I didn't execute and I might beat myself up for that even if everybody is telling me like oh that's that you did so good or that was so good I'd be like I'm mad because I didn't do what I expected myself to do and that's a funk that a lot of people have to get out of is that sometimes like take praise take compliments take critiques but don't let that completely consume you yeah, so you're saying create what you imagine, but let go of the results. Yes. Don't worship or obsess with the results. Yeah, yeah. Because like you said, there was, you could be all worked up right now, and then like six months from now, the thing you worked up and stressed and crying and puking about is now great, and you did all that yeah. for nothing. You're not getting that time back. That's the time, time you spent stressing and tossing and turning, you ain't getting that back. Yeah, right. And I think what I've been learning recently more is like, when you get angry or you get mad or you get frustrated, a lot of times it has to do with what other people have said or done to you. Mm -hmm. And then you allow those people to control your emotions. Yeah. So it's like, it's better to just let it be. Cause it's like, yeah. how am I going to, why am I going to give Langston control of my emotions? Or yeah. Why am I going to give this person but, control of my emotions? And I will say sometimes it is better just to cut people out. Like, <laughs> and like, I'm, I'm a, like for real for real like sometimes i get pissed at people and i'm like holding while i'm upset and i'm harboring in this energy now yeah. and this energy would not be harbored if i just cussed them out so sometimes yeah. you just gotta cuss people out and let them know like this is where you gotta be fucked up at well that well that might be because that's how you need to release it's therapeutic yeah i'm not i'm not going to advocate for that but i i feel you and i don't I think understand. you gotta cut i don't think you gotta cut everybody out but sometimes yeah. you gotta cuss people out so one Get, get it out of you. Two, let the people know that you would have to be played with. Right, let them know. Because if not, is. people will keep playing with you. People will keep doing things to you because they, they think they got away with it. And now, like, cause sometimes, like, being the bigger person does not always get you places. Like, I'm six foot two. Sometimes I got to be small as hell. What did Michelle Obama say? When they go low, we go high. <laughs> See? See, it's an affirmation. You just said it. It's an affirmation. Okay. All right. When they go low, we cuss them people out. 
<laughs> so moving on. If you do custom out, though, just know that no one person can control your destiny other than you. Exactly. So it's, it, it's not going to stop you from doing anything. What are three strategies or systems that you use to break through as an artist? Be present. And meaning uh, what? Be present either physically or now digitally. Like everyone's always like, yo, like right now I have no management. Nothing like that. Everybody's like, oh, how do you do yourself with no management? I'm outside. And I throw in a nice outfit. I go outside. And I talk to people. And I'm present and I'm in the room. And so many opportunities have come for me strictly being in the room. Me talking and taking advantage of the room I'm in. Getting in certain rooms gets me into other rooms. So there's rooms that I dreamed of being in when I came to Atlanta. Like I would see, the thing about Atlanta is there's so much shit happening here all the time. And you'll be on Instagram, it'll be a random Wednesday night. And you see on people's story, there's this Crown Royal, this event, like, all these people are there. You're like, how the hell did I not know or get invited to this? They used to, really, they used to really grind my gears that I would not be in certain rooms. So I stopped complaining and be like, why don't people invite me? And then I started being present in, uh, in the rooms I was invited to. And then those invitations opened up other doors. So people were like, oh, how'd you get invited to this? How'd you get invited to that? Literally just being around. And then from the digital sense is that, yo, take part in conversations. Interact with people. Build your online community. Especially when COVID was happening and it was high. I built a very nice network of people via Twitter, Instagram, and Clubhouse. Some of these people, like Jamila, that was an internet friend. And now that's one of my best friends. He's opened so many doors for me and with my career and stuff like that. And that wouldn't have happened if I wasn't present, if I wasn't taking part in community, taking part in conversations. People want championships, but think they're going to get them by just sitting on the sidelines. And yeah, you might get a consolation prize, but you have no highlight reel. Shout out so, Jamila. She, and that, that's like a really great person, very honest person. So that's one, that's one of the steps I would say is be present. Two, let go. Letting go has been such an easy thing, like a, a hard thing, but easy now. Like, oh, I feel like they're not fucking with me. Let it go. Oh, I feel like they looked at me wrong at the party. Let it go. Oh, they was acting weird with me in the section. Let it go. What I've learned is that so much stuff is not about us. And I think as Americans sometimes, and as artists and creators, they, we are all naturally narcissists. Certain levels happen, you know what I mean? Some of us a little more than others. But everything is not about you. Like it's not. Somebody could be going through something and you run into them, they was real weird with me. Yeah, because their life was to get cut off. Oh yeah, when I saw them, they didn't want to, they wasn't, they just got an overdraft notice. Like it's not about you. Let it At go. All. Unless somebody really does something wrong to you, steals from you, causes you harm, disrespects you, et cetera, let that shit go. It is not worth it. Because you will have this agenda in your head and a story about this person and you and your relationship that will sometimes even be one-sided. And you'll think there's this whole nemesis that exists out there. And they thinking that whole time, y'all cool. Y'all just had a bad running in the club. Yeah. So I would say, be present, let it go. And the third, shit, the third thing I would give, I would say be nice, like be nice. I'm, I'm a kind person. I'm an asshole at times. And like I said, I'll cuss you out, but generally I'm nice. And I don't think people take being nice or being friendly, especially in this industry as being too mixy or as being fake or phony or being a walkover. There are so many things that come with being nice 
and being a good person. They're like, do those things because you can sleep at night being a good person. And you can't explain the goodness that comes from it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, those are three things I, I would honestly give. No, those are big bars, bro. Especially the first one, like, and the second one, those are. And a little bonus one that's in the fine print, give grace. Give grace to yourself and give grace to others. Facts. But I think that goes along with what you said yeah. about, like, not taking it personally. Yeah. Give grace until you got to gracefully bow out and then mm. leave it to the world to figure that out for them or even for you. Yo, that's so good. Yo, that might be, honestly, like truly and honestly, that might be the best answer that I've ever had to that question. How do you make money doing music? Sell a little ass, no. Just like one pair of chaps with one cheek out, I feel you. Yeah. Yeah. You show the chesticles, I show them all the time, you know. But how to make money. This is something I'm still trying to figure out. Honestly, the best thing I've done is register everything you do. I get your PRO shit in order, get your revenue and your metadata up, whether it's with, with every DSP, get your distribution stuff together, all your paperwork and all your percents. Because a lot of times there's money out there that people aren't getting because they didn't do the proper paperwork. Your songs aren't registered. There's no metadata. There's no way to find this, the stuff. People can't Shazam your shit when they hear it somewhere because you didn't set that up. So basically do a good on the admin and some things will happen money-wise that you wouldn't even be expecting. People are like, oh, I'm not making no money off of this. I'm like, well, is your song registered? Like, but what's been helpful for me to make money is doing some sync licensing. Sync licensing is always a good way to make money. And I would definitely recommend artists to sometimes make music that doesn't compromise their art, their artistic integrity. But like sometimes make some songs that you can hear in a, in, in a show or a movie or in a video game or at workout Pilates. Like waiting did really well because workout instructors wanted it you know what i mean so think about music in a way that's not just in the house in the car music is everywhere how to take advantage of music being everywhere that's on you individually to do but i definitely would say that that's good that's good i wanted to add to that though oh yeah you got it because youtube is about to do splits on next year youtube is doing splits on songs and videos oh nice so like he said, make music for other places. That could be a vlog. That could be somebody's, you know, commercial on YouTube. That, there's just like so many pieces of video content that are coming out that you could be integrated in. It could be a cooking show. It could be whatever. So, and you can now get paid from that. Like in the coming months, you'll be able to get paid from that. Like really paid from that. Not just like, oh yeah, a million people watch this video and my song's in the description. Like an actual splits. So yeah. So yeah. Do you have anything else? Because I I took it there. No, oh, no. I, I'm definitely that. Definitely monetizing things. Monetizing your views. Monetizing your SoundCloud. Monetizing your Audio Mac. Simple things that are there in place for you to make money that people are just bypassing because they're not doing the admin work. Talk about it, man. That these are great answers. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really don't have much else to ask you other than like tell people what they should listen to from you and how they should connect with you. Got you. Okay. So you should follow me everywhere at Langston Blue, L-A-N-G-S-T-O-N. 
B L E U. And if you click on this, you probably should be a final profile. Yep. So that's easy. Look me up on any streaming platform under the same name. Right now, I'm pushing this double record called The Motions. It's a song about a relationship going through the motions. Side A is a more housey, up-tempo club record, while Side B is a very emotional ballad. Definitely think you should check that out. I have a performance video I just posted on YouTube a few days ago. I had a lot of fun doing that, and I got some remixes coming up soon for The Motions that I'm really excited for people to see. And then maybe me and Kosh might whip something up soon. I mean, just holler at me, dog, you know. Okay, well, that's all I got, man. I like to ask my guests at the end, do you have one question that you want to ask me? I want to ask you, what has been the best way for you to have built a team? One thing I admire about you and your company is that anything I've done with you guys, whether it was Yes Life Garage or when I see you out and about at other events, mm -hmm. you have a very solid team. And that's one thing that I think I am lacking and one thing that I'm looking to build is a team. I think teamwork makes a dream work. So for someone like you who manages a great team and has a team, how did you build that? I think it's knowing that you can only get things done in three ways and you can only pick two. So what I mean by that is there's fast, cheap, and good. Mm -hmm. And you can't get all three. Yeah. So if I can't pay you, then it's not going to be fast. And it will be good and it will be cheap. Gotcha. And if I can come to you up front and tell you that and we have clear expectations set, then everybody kind of knows what needs to be done. And also, I'm like a master manager, like in terms of project managing. Mm -hmm. Like I'm really good at following up with people and making sure that things get done. And I think people respect me because I just treat them like human beings. So I think it's, it's really about relating to people on a one-to-one -one human level and then also just being clear on the expectations on what can actually be done given the resources. Gotcha. I think if you do that and, and finding people who have similar – people always say this and it gets really cliche. It's like find people who have like-mindedness or similar visions to you, but it's, it's more so like – can I fit this person's vision within my vision? Gotcha. Okay. And then if we can do both of those things where like you get to benefit, like my set designer was like, Hey, I'll work for you for free. I just want to learn how to do set design. And she already had a natural affinity for that based on like interior design. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, cool. And then that fits within the grander scheme of things. Okay. I should have been writing these notes down. Because <laughs> I'm like the three ways you can only have two. Yeah, there's three. There's only three ways that every project is done: fast, cheap, and good. And you can't have all three. This is true. So you got to pick which ones you want. Once again, y'all, this is the Creative Breakthrough Podcast, and I'm your host, Kosh. The goal is to eliminate the starving artists and give creatives the codes to build audiences, cash flow make a living doing what they love. Hey, if you want to stay tapped in, you can just give me a follow and make sure you go check out Langston. Peace and love, my guy. I appreciate you.